want to have Facebook live for the for the classes. But all right, we're gonna. It's live. It's just not gonna be Facebook live. It'll be YouTube live. So, um, I I don't necessarily want to broadcast all the classes. Um, that's because we. I mean, we, we broadcast them, but we don't broadcast them on the, like, because if I do Facebook Live, like, everybody that's friends with me gets, like, nudged or whatever. Hey, you know, Aaron's doing a video, you know, and so it's um, Facebook Live gets me more publicity than I want for the classes. I don't mind them getting, you know, knowing that we're doing the classes because it does, it does post on, on my page and the church page that we did a video on YouTube. But at least it gets, uh, yes, he's supposed to be doing that too. Um, yes, yes. I'm, I count as a student, even though I'm the teacher. Um, and you put it on the spreadsheet there. Hey, there you go. Amen. All right. So here we are. Let's, let's go ahead and open a word of prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you so much for the opportunity to uh, have the class here, Lord, and uh, we just uh, pray, Lord, that you'd just guide our thoughts and our discussion, Lord, that you'd have your way. Lord, we do pray for Brother Steve as we've just left there. Pray, Lord, that you give peace and, and uh, Lord, uh, your grace. We just uh, pray, Father, that you teach us tonight, Lord, as we look at these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Rock music, right or wrong? Hopefully we'll know the answer to that by the end of today's lesson. Uh, first John chapter two, verse number 15 and 16 say, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father, but is of the world. Um, so. Let's see here. I'm supposed to ask you to guess which politician made the following statements or following statement uh, while addressing a crowd of 1,400 high school students. He said, rock music is nothing more than pornography. Politician-ish is what we've, we've got to say, ish. So, who, who'd you say? Ted Cruz? Who'd you say? Newt Gingrich? Okay. Are you looking at my notes? <laughs> no, the, the notes, uh, it says here, the names mentioned will all be a very conservative persuasion. Of a very conservative persuasion. Who were you going to say? Kennedy. Okay. It was Reverend Jesse Jackson. And uh, there's a, there was a quote from uh, um, page 34 of the Pied Piper of rock music by Dennis Coral. Um, so rock music, right or wrong. So we're going to continue to show a lot of quotes. And so here's the quote here. Rock music is nothing more than pornography. Tulsa Tribune. Um, See, there he is. Proof that he said it. There's a picture of him. I'm just kidding. Uh, so, 
this is uh so rock music here uh, or a book entitled rock music by william schaefer he said we must look at rock as one principal dialect in the language of culture this uh principal dialect is a tool for altering consciousness you know, I'm, I'm really actually not very happy that that uh, our other children are not here. Um, can you text him the link? Because that's what he needs to be doing. He, he should have been here. Um, <clears throat> and uh, if, you, if you leave after this one, bring him back for the next one because I need him here. All right. <clears throat> Sound effects, uh, youth, leisure, and the politics of rock and roll. It says most... Rock records make their impact musically rather than lyrically. By the way, that's a common thing that you hear people say, I'm not listening to the words, I'm listening to the music. Or it's not the words, it's the beat. Right? That's the common thing. The words, if they're noticed at all, are absorbed after the music has made its mark. Um, I'm going to try not to quote, like say, where it's coming from on all of these. You can see... You know, they always say who it's coming from. I'll just read you the quote and we'll discuss that. How's that? Because um, you guys have it right up there on the, the board there. Um, so Stephen Halpern says, words are incidental at best or monotonous and moronic as usual. But the point is that they don't matter. What you dance to is the beat, the bass and drums. <clears throat> Further, he says, and with this mix and volume, not only is the beat sensed, but literally felt as this aspect of the rhythm section takes precedence over melody and harmony. We're going to talk about the balance of music, which that's the name of the book that's being used for this uh, for, for the slideshow presentation is music in the balance. Uh, Dr. Halpern hints at an important order in music that we'll consider later. <clears throat> we see here, uh, words are timid things. Decibels and beat are bold things. And uh, again, Mr. Schaefer says communication without words, without verbal conceptualization. Kind of catching the what they're trying to get at here. Some of it may seem to be repetitious. There's a reason for that, by the way. It's because a lot of times people say, oh, you can, you can quote one or two people and they say this or that, but is that, really, is that really a large amount of people saying this? That's why we have so many people that we quote from, even though it may be multiple people saying the same thing or similar things over and over again. Um, it's important because it, it points out that it's not just a small group of people that are thinking this way. Um, he continues, says, there is no separation of form and content in rock. Since they are focused as a continuous experience, a package of, stim of stimulus, or some, sorry, pa package of simultaneous impressions and feelings, 
I said, focus, they're fused. Yes, thank you. Since they're fused, let me just read this all over again. There's, there's no separation of form and content in rock since they're fused as a continuous experience. That makes more sense than focus uh, because it's what it says. A package of stimulus or stimulus. I keep saying stimulus. Simultaneous impressions and feelings. <clears throat> and he says, what's form? What's content? Music is form. And then the words or the content there. So it says there's no separation uh, between them. What is the purpose and goal of sacred music? Anybody want to guess? To reach your heart? Worship? Worship? Sing praise to God. Okay. Um, all right. To praise and glorify God. There are over 100, or in over 100 of the 500 music verse, verses, uh, we see that they, they teach, they admonish, they encourage, and that's what he, he tells us to do. Um, or they rather, these, let me just back up there. I, I, I misemphasize that. Based on over 100 of the 500 music verses, the purpose of music, sacred music, is to praise and glorify God. Another purpose is to teach, admonish, and encourage based on those verses there, which some of you may already have those memorized. Um, there are, it's also to unify believers and to evangelize. <clears throat> Question is, is it in that order? Is that the order that it ought to be in? So he gives here some words of explanation. The fourth purpose of music to evangelize is noted as an adjunct. An adjunct is something which is added to another thing. Thus evangelization takes place when the other two purposes are primary. Yes, folks, he says here, do not get, or rather, yes, folks do not get saved through the ministry of sacred music. However, or I'm sorry, I read that wrong. Yes, yes, folks do get saved through the ministry of music. However, that cannot be its goal. If we uh, make that its goal, then our music does indeed need to sound like the world in order to attract the world. That makes sense? He's saying, if the goal, oh, by the way, here's the answer to that question. Yes, in that order. First and foremost, it's to praise and glorify God. Secondly, it's to teach, admonish, and encourage. Thirdly, to unify believers. And last, to evangelize. But as, as we said, this is something that's added to the primary uh, purpose. And that is, it does, but... That's not the primary purpose, right? And if it were the primary purpose, then our music would be completely backwards, right? Um, and so there's uh, there's and there's lots of discussion we could have about about this. When I see folks getting saved when they come into the assembly, Paul says they got saved. Why they 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 recognized that God was in you of a truth? Why? Because he heard you prophesying, not singing, right? He heard you prophesying, not speaking in tongues. 
is what he's pointing out there in first Corinthians 14. He says there, you know, if, if all speak in tongues, they're going to come in. People are going to come in. They're going to say, what is wrong with these people? They're going to think you're crazy. Right. So they're, they're going to, they're going to be like, what, what's, what's their problem? Um, but if they come in and they hear, they hear you preaching, prophesying, you know, making sense of the word of God, then they're going to say, Hey, this is, these are God's people. Right. Um, so, uh, let's see here. So we're going to ask some fundamental questions, uh, as we go on. So he gives here a question. What do we want to convey? He, he says here, if some are of the opinion that we must use rock music to, communi to communicate to young people, then we must first ask some, some, some fundamental questions. What do we want to convey to young people? And for those that, that are of the persuasion that it's primarily for evangelism, they would say the gospel is what they would say, right? That's generally what you're going to hear. You're going to hear that we want to convey the gospel to them. Um, and then he says, once again, it is fitting to, ask, uh, to first ask, what is the purpose and goal of sacred music? And uh, we, we can note that each one uh, clearly indicates uh, the audience of a believer's song, right? So as you, as you look at it and you say, okay, who's the audience? Who is your primary audience when you're singing? God is, yeah. Over 100 of the 500 verses in the Bible that, that mention music are talking about you worshiping God, praising and glorifying God. He's your primary audience. You know, when we sing, we sing unto the Lord, right? You look at the book of Psalms, you see over and over and over and over again, sing unto the Lord, right? And so he is our audience. By the way, because he's our audience, he's the one that we should be desiring to please with our music, not the people that are involved. Now, on the other hand, he's our primary audience, but then our music should be used to teach, admonish, and encourage, right? Teach, teaching and admonishing one another, right? And, and uh, yeah, the other passage they're talking about encouraging. So the secondary audience is the saved folk that are, that are around us or with us, right? When we sing a special, what's the purpose of singing special music? First, it's to praise and glorify God, sing unto the Lord. And secondly, it might be to convict the people or teach them something admonish them right admonishing has to do with you know slapping them on the hand about something right you you ever you ever hear a song ever hear somebody sing a song and it makes you feel like man i wish i would have witnessed to somebody today or i wish you know this person you know it sometimes you you hear a song and you and you you start thinking you start regretting something you didn't do or something that you did do i think of certain specific songs in fact that you know um that people will sing. What's that? Who will, Who will tell them? That's right. And you say, man, I need to tell people. What's that doing? That's encouraging you to do the right thing, right? You, or you sing a, sing a song, you know, that's, um, here's one right here, bow the knee. Now, this is more of a worship, like you're, you're worshiping God and you're praising Him. Uh, 
but it's also an admonishing song, you know. It says, what a privilege to come into God's presence. Just to linger with the one who set me free. As I lift my eyes and see his awesome glory, I remember who he is and bow the knee. Bow the knee. He is king of all the ages. Bow the knee. God alone on his throne. See him high and lifted up and bow the knee. Kneel before him. All adore him as you live to love him more. Bow the knee. In his hand, he holds the power of creation. With his voice, he spoke, and all things came to be. Yet he hears each simple prayer I bring before him when I humbly seek his face and bow the knee. Bow the knee, bow the knee. He is king of all the ages. Bow the knee. God alone on his throne. He is high and lifted up. Bow the knee. Kneel before him. All adore him. As you live to love him more, bow the knee. And if you listen to the music that goes with that, by the way, I just read you the words, but if you listen to the music that goes with it, it's a feel of, anybody know, anybody ever heard that song before? That was a, a uh, impromptu example. Can somebody play it on the piano? Do you know how to do it? You don't want to right now? We'll give it, we'll give it a shot here. You can listen to the, listen to the sound. Yeah, brother. Brother, you can play it. Go for it. So, kind of goes like this, kind of. I'd put her on the spot, so. That's okay. You're supposed to be in a different key. That's okay. I put you on the spot, but you hear the sound. What kind of a does does the sound fit the words? Like does the feel? What's that? You forgot the words now. Does the feel? What what does the feel of that sound give you? Kind of kind of feel peace, right? You think about how the song starts. What a privilege to come into God's presence, where there's peace, right? Um, just to linger with the one who set me free. You just, the, the sound matches, right? It's a, a reverent sound. A, a what it makes you want to do what? Kneel, right? <laughs> because you're going into the presence of God and you're kneeling, right? And so the sound fa- uh, fits with the uh, with the, the with the words. And so um, these last two here, though, are as I said, adjuncts. Okay. But primarily, it's this. Now, some people say, well, you know, we can unify around music. We certainly can, but sometimes we unify believers that disagree on things that they should actually be separated over. That's not a good thing, by the way, if believers are unified when they should not be. Some people say, whoa, 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 aren't they all, aren't we supposed to be in unity? Yes, within our church, we should have unity, okay? But if 
there are other believers who don't believe the word of God like we do. They have maybe they have some heretical doctrines and things that they that they hold to. We should not be unified in song with them. We shouldn't be. There's no reason to be. That's that's a you if you put this before this, you know what this word here, you know, you know another word for this word? Anybody know another word for this word? Starts with a D. No. Well, that, that would work too, but starts with a D and you and and you get uh what's that? No. If you go to school for a real long time, you get a certain degree. What kind of degree? Doctorate. And doctors do what? They teach doctrine. The word doctrine actually means teachings. And so when people say, see the same crowd that will say, let's unify under, you know, with this music. Let's unify. Let's unify. They'll also say doctrine divides. And that's true. It does. It also unifies, though. It does. Um, that's why sometimes we'll have people come from out of town. They'll come and visit our church. You know why? Because they were looking for a church that preaches the same doctrine that they're used to hearing. And so because of our doctrine, you know, we have on the door historic Baptist, right? Independent, uh, sacred music. You know, we, what we teach about music, what we teach about the Word of God, King James Bible. You know, those things concerning the Word of God, concerning the, the doctrine that we teach, unify us together and unify others that believe like us. But we shouldn't be trying to unify with people who teach false doctrines, right? Now, there may be some things that we can do together with certain people, you know, but there's always going to be a limitation. If you're interested in understanding how that works, uh, one of the parts of my book deals with it, so you read the book. Um, it's uh, about... Uh, uh, connections with other organizations and such. So, but yes, I just gave a commercial. There you go. Amen. So evangelism with a beat, by the way, we're going to go a little bit further down this road of people that, because by the way, that is the heart cry of the contemporary Christian music crowd is we're, we're doing this for evangelism. We're doing this for evangelism. Um, so here's a, um, order form there to get your uh, quest for freedom. Sorry, I, I missed missed some notes here. This advertisement appeared uh, in Group Magazine, October 92. Um, the publication calls itself the most widely read resource serving youth ministry. It portrays the, the philosophy of contemporary Christian music or CCM as we, as we abbreviate it to be um, very clearly, right? Evangelism with a beat. That's their, their, their purposes, their concept. So uh, <clears throat> CCM magazine, there is such a thing uh, in 2005 reported a major change in CCM's mission. <clears throat> this is the cover for that. The issue what was that change? They asked the question here. It says the title of the article is a play on Larry Norman's song, the song uh, entitled "Why Should the Devil Have All the Good Music?" By the way, the devil doesn't have any good music. Just so you know. Um, 
So Larry Norman asks that question. Um, he says, why should the church have all the good music? Hmm. Interesting. Well, the gospel, so gospel Music Association, this is quoted from that article. The Gospel Music Association, for instance, made an important change in the group's mission statement. Uh, what had traditionally been a declaration uh, that affirmed the group's, uh, yeah, the group's goal as advertising gospel music, the GMA enlarged uh, to... Let's see, to say the group's goal was now to advance the gospel in every genre of music. A significant shift that, uh, that reflected the growing desire for many artists to be identified as Christians who worked in jazz, pop, rock, or R&B instead of Christian music artists. You know, uh, 20, 25 years ago, they were considered to be Christian music artists. Um, in fact, they've got this dated 2005, so that's really, that's only about 13 years ago. But they would just go by, you know, they would just consider, oh, that's Christian. That's Christian, right? That's what they would be. They're just, they're, it's Christian, and it's like this sounds kind of like something of the world, but they just called it Christian. They started coming out with the terms like Christian rock, Christian rap, Christian, you know, so on and so on and so on. Shortly after they changed their goal, right? They're changed their, brought into their statement. Um, again, trying to put, quote unquote, the gospel in every genre of music. Um, by the way, it'd be great if some of them would give a clear presentation of the gospel, but that's not often done. Uh, interesting article in Youth Worker Magazine by John uh, Detani, I probably slaughtered that name, president of, uh, yeah, that ministry there in California. So this article here, he says, so get some earplugs. What's good about rock music? <laughs> that wasn't supposed to be a question, right? He was trying to tell you what's good about rock music. He says the difficulty is the sexually, uh, exploitative nature of popular rock lyrics developmentally sex is uh, what interests kids although they can't be denied normal interests they need assistance to nurture a godly interest in sex not a worldly one so they're going to introduce it in their music instead uh, with sensitive guidance through rock music especially rock music videos and mtv can be a means of teaching a biblical sexuality, not a, a confirmation to a worldly one or conformation, right? Conforming. What's that? Yeah, it's pretty crazy, isn't it? Not buying it. I agree. I agree. I agree. But that is that this is the, so this is what we miss. Okay. Like our generation, um, and and uh, and and some of the younger folks coming along, they missed that this was the foundation of this whole shift of of bringing the world's music into quote unquote Christianity. 
they miss the fact that these are the kind of things that they're trying to do. Notice what he's saying here. He's trying, he's saying that they're trying to introduce, um, introduce an interest, a quote unquote godly interest in sex to children through their music. We're not talking about the words, we're talking about the music, the sound is what they're trying. They're trying to use this sound to introduce a proper, quote unquote, proper interest. By the way, there's no such thing as a godly interest in sex for children. There's no such thing. There's you, you only have a godly interest of that inside the realm of marriage, which children shouldn't be involved in. They're not old enough yet, hence calling them children, right? Consider his comments in light of what we've already learned and agreed upon. He says, music as a medium, uh, or music as a medium, does something emotionally that almost no other medium can do. Yep, he agrees with us, right? That's what we've already talked about. Music uh, as a medium does something emotionally that almost no other medium can do. It stimulates our hearts and minds to think grand thoughts or sinful ones. He also said it arouses us to patriotism or worship, and it can make us want to do what is wrong. Hmm. At least he said something right, right? Well, he goes on. Rock music uh, videos carry a powerful punch, combining the music score and visual image and the lyrics into a unified message. Well, that's, yeah. He says here, emotions, of course, are usually not bad or good. By the way, that's, yeah, okay. Oops, we came to a different conclusion there, right? He says, emotions, of course, are usually not bad or good. What we do with our emotions and how we ha handle them makes them bad or good. That's not that's not true. Remember, we talked about how some emotions are, or some say that emotions are amoral. But we recognize, right, that you can have in the arts, you can have bad or good language. You can have bad or good uh, graphics. You could have good or bad sound. Uh, the dynamics of emotions uh, and the arts are very similar, right? Hate, you can have, right, you can hate sin or you can hate good, so bad or good, right, uh, or good or bad. Uh, you can have anger in some rare forms. It can be good, but generally it's bad. Then pride, I, I disagreed with that one. The concept of a feeling of gladness over something, right, like I'm glad I'm an American, not proud that I'm an American, but I'm glad, right? But if, if my gladness goes to the point that I'm proud, like puffed up about it, now I've gone from the same kind of feel to, you know, that the feel that could be good to now it's a feel that's got, it's gone to the point where it's bad, right? Uh, fear can be good, right? Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Um, lust, he says here, good and bad. Depends on what you're talking about and how you're using the term. Um, and then love there, 
you can be you can, it can be good or bad you know the object can be good or bad any of those things so remember we we disagree with his point on that but he goes on he says uh or, or he's uh not he but uh that thinking now causes him to arrive at a very different conclusion from ours so we started talking about you know he starts talking about this is music is like this and this and this and this and so we agreed, we agreed, we agreed, and then he comes to a different con conclusion. Rock, he says, rock, mu or rock can and will provide ex excellent avenues of entrance into uh, youth culture and adolescent perception of life, love, relationships, values, and faith. Rock presents uh, issues and questions for faith to answer. I would agree that it certainly introduces questions. Um but I don't agree with the rest. Personally, he says, I would not make the assumption that rock music is all bad. On the contrary, much of it is quite good. He says, though not necessarily to many adults' taste. And, of course, we're quoting, so we're not going to go on to the next sentence. But <clears throat> So here we have another book quoted here. Julian Johnson says, rock music is rhythmically some of the most impoverished music the world has ever heard really why would you say that because the relentless repetition with no variety is in stark contrast to clap to the classical style Is that? yes Say it's an annoying to the brain. Yes. <clears throat> That's a rock music fest. It's cut me. Mm -hmm. No. Wait a minute. You couldn't tell the difference. Mm -hmm. Bo both of those are heavy metal bands. Pantera is supposed to be Christian too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Supposedly. Yes. At least they would claim to be. They would claim to be. So here in a book called Rock Reconsidered, Stephen Lawhead says, uh, when the rhythms of rock are put to the use, are put to use uh, with the intention of worship, praise, edification, or any other higher purpose, it becomes a distinctly different animal. I would agree with the word animal there for sure. Um, but I would agree with this statement here says uh, it, it becomes this animal that it says uh, then a raging devouring beast roaming at large through most rock albums it is different how because it is infused with a different purpose <clears throat> it is the rhythms of rock not, not the words which are noted by this fella. This man actually contends that the rhythms 
um, that that part of the sound, uh, which the world has labeled as perverse, sensual, sexual, to be dehuman, to be a dehumanized extreme, somehow become different when the motive changes. Hmm. Notice what he what he's saying here is that when you change the motive, it changes it from being raging a raging devouring beast. This is what he's trying to say. He's trying to say that it changes the rhythms of rock from being a raging devouring beast to being something different. And then he says because it's infused with a different purpose. You guys catch what he's trying to say here? He's trying to say that if you change the motive, it changes what the rhythm's doing. No, it doesn't. You're right. That's an illogical statement. To try to say, well, because it comes from a pure heart now, it's a different thing. No, you don't hear the heart of someone being pure or wicked in their rock beat. It doesn't change just because your purpose changed. Um, so they ask the question, a different purpose makes it different? That's like saying, poison won't kill if administered in love. You know, if we lovingly put poison in your chicken noodle soup or your biscuits and gravy. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got biscuits and gravy floating around tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, if we if we just if we put poison in it, hey, as long as we made it with love, you know, it's okay, right? I mean, it's different because there's a different purpose, there's a different attitude or motive behind it. Is that a fair analogy? <laughs> I think so, isn't it? If if his if his statement's true, then hey, you know, why not? Both both are pretty well rubbish, right? We have here a picture of this this fellow here playing his his stringed instrument there um, at the uh, the White House there for JFK. This conductor he says. It is poison put to sound. Talking about rock music. It's poison put to sound. Why would you say something like that? Could there be any truth to it at all? <clears throat> so the pop legend, pop legend, old blue eyes. Y'all know who that is? Frank Sinatra. Yeah. How did he describe rock music? What's that? Spreading the news. <clears throat> he goes on rock and roll this is what he says is the most brutal ugly degenerate vicious form of expression it has been my displeasure to hear <laughs> wow that's pretty strong words from uh, Frank Sinatra wow and he quoted it, uh, or, or he, he was quoted by Diana West in uh, The Death of the Grown-Up. 
Um, so from how sweet the sound, not to be confused with the amazing grace, um, CCM magazine article title there said to a joyful romp jars of clay. Um, here there, here's their, some of their songs here. Let's see. This is, this is a so-called Christian group. Yeah. Um, says what's that yep okay jars tackles a a few standard hymns here a spruced up i need the every hour and a funk infused version of it is well with my soul are great examples the group seems to have mastered the art of inviting special guests into its projects that accentuate rather than overshadow its sound. Let us love and sing and wonder features a fairly understated appearance of uh, Martin Smith of Delirious, while the legendary Blind Boys of Alabama joined Jars of or Jars for a joyful romp through nothing but the blood. Wow. The most notable invitee, though, uh, is goatee artist, former JARS uh, tour mate, and recent Grammy nominee, Sarah. Did I say goatee? It does say, it does say, did I read that right? Goatee artist? I guess, I guess it must be the name of the band. I was thinking, because I started to read the person's name, and I'm like, how could this person be a goatee artist? <laughs> must be the name of the band. Um, Sarah Kelly here part of this group uh, who gloriously wails her way through the bluesy soulful barn burner. That is I'll fly away. Now I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, barn burner. Yeah. I'm not going to offend your ears too long with these. I'll just play them shortly and then, and then we'll go on. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to play it. And then, uh, Oh, here's another, here's the first one here. I'm going to play it uh, and then I'm going to skip to the next slide and then go back to play the next one. <clears throat> this is I Need the Every Hour. That's what it sounds like. By the way, these videos will get you copyright. I need the every hour, most gracious Lord. It's all the same melody, but because of the rhythm added, it ruins the feel. Oh, good, it stopped at a decent. Okay, this is, uh, it is well with my soul. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, totally changes the feel. Anybody ever read the um, the uh, there was it was it as well with my soul? Anybody ever read the uh, the the story behind it as well with my soul? 
Anybody else? You got. You guys need to read that. Yeah, guy lost like lost his whole family, lost everything, and when he's on the boat uh, heading back to home, I think, or whatever to you know, after losing his whole family, um, the uh, the the somebody on the boat tells him, "Hey, we're we're passing over where they died," and at that moment. The Lord gave him the song, It Is Well With My Soul. And he's talking about, he says, uh, how's that start? Um, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll. If you think about the fact that he wrote that song, thinking about the sea billows that rolled over his family and killed them. Whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Wow. Think about that. Guy's probably rolling over in his grave hearing these guys mess his song up like that. And Nothing But the Blood is a Baptist song written by Baptists. Can wash away my sin. What can make me whole again? For my part in this, I see. Totally changes, totally changes the feel. For my cleansing, this my plea. No Notice that it started out though with like people joking, like they were at a party or something. Right. We're talking about the blood of Jesus. I mean, if that doesn't bring a a perfect illustration to Hebrews chapter 10, shall he be thought worthy who hath trampled under feet the blood? I mean, if that doesn't bring a, a clear illustration of that passage, I don't know what does. They're certainly trampling the blood of Christ under their feet through their through their their total disregard for the purity of the blood of Christ. And Philip Bliss is probably not too happy about that either. I believe it was Philip Bliss that wrote that. Nothing but the blood. Yes. Um, amusing ourselves to death. That's a good title. It's certainly true. That's what we do. See the see the illustration on the front? That's the name of the book. Yeah. Now this is not, by the way, a lot of these books are not Christian books. Okay. These are, these are books by, written by non-Christian people uh, that don't agree with us on most doctrine, but they agree with us on music. Yeah. All these people here, you got a, a kid sitting there, no head, and some kids sitting here, no head, and mom and you know, mom and dad have no head. <clears throat> no thinking there, right? It's a it's public discourse of the age of show business. It is naive to think, they said, that something that has been expressed in one form can be expressed in another without significantly changing its meaning. What we just listened to 
significantly change the meaning, the texture, and the value of the songs being sung. Significantly changed them. It's not, it wasn't like, oh, this is a nice, nice, upbeat, you know, thing. It, this, this really emphasizes the message well. No, it didn't. It took the message and put it in the wrong place. That food smells good. So you guys are, I'm sure, encouraging me to hurry up because we're only 15 minutes over into our next class now. Um, <clears throat> measuring the music. Another look here. Um, Calvin Johannesson writes in the foreword of the book here, measuring the music. Um, the problem with Christian pop music is that pop changes the gospel. Um, the musical medium remakes the message into a reflection of pop's own muse. Y'all know what muse is, right? It's like to think their, their, their concept, their thought. It's their own thought. Indeed, a gospel proclaimed by popular musical forms becomes transformed into a different gospel. Yeah. May have the same words, but has the wrong meaning behind the words, the wrong emotions, the wrong feel behind the words. And then you end up with things that happen from that. By the way, when we get, we'll get into some charismaniac type stuff that's going to happen here that they're going to talk about where you've got, where you've got the music being utilized to pump up an emotional frenzy to produce the type of things that happen in those settings, which we'll get to that when we get to that. More concerns with, uh, you know, Steve Lawheads, he says here, um, because it is infused with a different purpose. <clears throat> when I claim that only my motivation can be judged rather than my actions, get this, he says, when I claim that only my motivation can be judged, Rather than my actions, I have effectively insulated myself from judgment since no man knows my motivation. I have established myself as the only authority. In essence, I can't be held accountable for what I do. Thus, propose, uh, or rather thus, um, purpose legalizes action. Get what he's saying here? It doesn't matter what I do as long as I do it for the right reason. Yeah. Exactly. You can't judge me because you don't know why I do what I do. Have you, has anybody ever heard that before? You don't know why I do what I do. You don't. He said, you don't know my heart, so you can't judge me. If your actions are wicked, it's just showing us you have a wicked heart, right? Is this sound, or does this sound like biblical thinking or Bible-based thinking? No, it doesn't. No. The purpose doesn't change the action. Music defined. So the art of combining vocal or instrumental sounds or tones in varying melody, harmony, and rhythm here 
this is this is the uh, by the way this is the the definition Webster's definition of music. Okay, in case you wonder what music was. Anybody ever looked up the definition of music? Okay, there's the definition. It's the art of combining vocal or instrumental sounds or tones in varying melody, harmony, and rhythm. That's what music is. There you go. <clears throat> Rock's characteristics here. Um, the Art of Rock and Roll by James T. Brown. Charles. <clears throat> Charles, thank you. I was thinking James for some reason. I... <laughs> He's trying to run away on me here. A driving beat, perhaps the most important defining quality of rock and roll is the beat. By the way, the, um, just because we use the word rock and roll here doesn't mean that it excludes other genres. Okay? Because ask yourself the question, does rap, if you took the beat out of rap, would you still have rap? You'd have a poem, right? Yeah. You'd have a poem. <laughs> a terrible poem. Yeah. Um, if you took if you took the beat out of country music, I'm not talking about the country sound. When we when we sing our hymns here, there's a country sound because I play the guitar with them. But that's not a country genre. It's just a it it makes it sound like we're singing in the country because we're playing a guitar, right? Uh, playing the piano, I don't know, makes you sound like you're singing in a hall or something, right? Or uh, in, a, in a sanctuary. I don't think there's anything wrong with playing the guitar as long as it's proper, right? Um, but the driving beat there is the most important defining quality of worldly music. I'll just say it that way. Rock and roll and all other forms of worldly music, whatever the genre be called. Uh, rock and roll is different from other music primarily because of the beat. And when they say other music, they're talking about, um, you know, the, the music that has a purpose, uh, a, a standard, upright, moral purpose. OK, like what kind of music could have what kind of beat could be an upright, moral beat? I'm not saying it's the only kind of beat that can be upright and moral, but there's there's a certain kind of beat that moves your body. And it is upright and moral, and it's a proper beat, a marching beat. That's exactly right. Um, and some might say that a march has a strong beat. Of course it does. But it's more the character of the beat that we're dealing with here. Brown helps us in defining and identifying the character of the rock beat when he, um, when he says this. That it is, uh, that is, it's the most important thing. Uh, further here, the music within you. We see stated it is through our bodies that we respond to the rhythm of music. Okay, we're going to start talking about, uh, and and I, I know this is taking a little bit of time, but we we we've got to deal with it. So we're gonna we're gonna start talking about the different parts of music. Okay. And, and this is kind of going to roll out over the next few weeks as well. But um, <clears throat> so um, here in sound effects, it says the sexuality of music is usually deferred to, uh, or I'm sorry, referred to, my bad, 
usually referred to in terms of its rhythm. It is the beat that commands the direct physical response. Here's a, an, an example here of a rock beat. <clears throat> Try to hold yourself still. something you can dance to certainly is isn't it anybody know what that is what what that song was it's called morning like this king of glory or rather the song was king of glory um from the title morning like this uh written by sandy patty i don't know if you know who sandy patty is sandy patty was a very popular uh yeah, popular Christian artist. Yeah, a lot of Christmas stuff. So let's see here. How about this one? the sound but you'll notice you did you notice in the background the hidden introduced almost subliminal rock sound in the background <laughs> it was it was okay great is thy faithfulness for a while but then it, it reveals a soft delicate slowly developing and then Getting to a bigger. This is a, this is a backbeat, which we'll talk about a backbeat later. But um, but that's that's what was building into it. Okay. Um, remember though that as we're as we're going to start talking about the the points of music, melody, harmony, rhythm. Each one ministers to a certain part of your being. Okay. Melody ministers to what? The mind, the thinking, right? Or rather, not not just the mind, but the the the, the spiritual aspect. Your the aspect that you're able to kind of get just you know with your 
you know, you, you, you get it consciously, you, you recognize it, right? The melody is often what tells you what's being spoken, right? Right. When we, when we sing a song, the melody is the message of the song, whether it's words or a musical melody without words, it's the message of the song. It's what we hear and we understand, right? And then there's the harmony. The harmony ministers to kind of more the soul, the, or I would say probably the, the, the melody is more is spirit and intellect and the harmony is soul and emotion. Okay. And then the rhythm is flesh and emotion. Does that make sense? Most people just put it into three things. Soul, spirit, body, or uh, spirit, soul, body, right? And they'll say spirit is ministered to by melody. Soul is ministered to by the, uh, the harmony. And then the body is ministered to or affected by the rhythm, right? Which, which of those three should be in charge of your being? I mean, which, which of the three parts of you should be in charge of your being? The spiritual aspect of you, right? The inward man, the spirit. Um, the soul has to do with mind, will, and emotions. And so you're going to have, you can't really have the spiritual aspect without the soul. And so a lot of times we, we kind of, you know, harmony is an important aspect. By the way, if you don't have, have rhythm as an individual, as a person, I'm not talking about like you can't keep a beat. But what happens if certain parts of your body have no rhythm? You die. Your heart has to have rhythm. Your heart has to beat. Now, how many of you? Are, are conscious of your heartbeat all the time. You hardly ever think about it unless you're running and you're like, it's beating out of your chest. And you're like, what happens when, when your heart is beating so hard that you notice it? Is that, a, is that usually a good thing? It's usually a sign that you're doing something that needs to be monitored, right? I, I understand cardiovascular exercise and that's, that's good and all that. But at some point when it starts getting very noticeable, it's time to maybe consider, okay, maybe, maybe we need to settle down just a little bit. Now, of course you want to get your heart beating at a certain, you know, when you're exercising, you want to get it up to a certain rate and that's, that's fine and all, but at some point there's, you know, okay. So the character of the beat is crucial here. We are wired. And this is as we deal with, with backbeat here, we're wired tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, right? That's how we're wired. That's how God made us, right? We're not wired tock, tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock, tick. That just doesn't sound right, does it? Does that sound right? Does anybody hear the clock that way? No. You listen to the clock, you hear tock, tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock, tick. Or rather, tock, tick, tock, tick. Tock, tick, tock, tick. What's that? Yeah. I think it's time to unplug it if it's doing that, right? No, no, no. It's it's tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock, right? That's the way we're wired, right? And in, in marching, what do we do? Right? Uh, correct? <laughs> as, we, as we march in, 
and those that have called cadence and done marching before, you know, you'd say if, if you're, I can't be the position of attention because I have a mic in my hand, but I say, mark time, march, left, 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 left. Notice I didn't say right. Why? Because I'm focusing on the left, focusing on the first and the third note, the first and the third beat every time. If you ever watch people march, it's the ones who don't have a decent understanding of proper rhythm that can't stay in step. You know how I learned to lead music? Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage grapes of wrath are stored. Notice one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Now, Brother James is going to be at work. <laughs> What's that? You say you're not going to do it? No. <clears throat> we must understand that the character of the rock beat is contrary to our perception of rhythm. The rock beat is opposite of our body's beat. My heart's doing a little, little tick tock, tick tock going on there. It's not doing tock tick, tock tick, tock tick. <laughs> you're having a heart attack if that's happening. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Or you or you started counting at the wrong point, right? <laughs> Our minds group sounds. That is the way God created us. The actual tick of the clock is not stronger than its talk. It's not. Our minds simply perceive it as stronger. And that is the way we're wired. That's why when we I can't listen to this. It's digital. <laughs> That's why when we listen to our watch and we hear nothing because it's digital. Um, <laughs> but when we listen to our watch, what are we hearing? We're hearing the tick, 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 tick. Right. If you stick your head on that clock back there, you're going to hear the tick. You sometimes hear the talk, but it's the tick. Why? It's not louder. It's because it's the way we're wired. The left foot is not heavier than the right foot. It's not. Unless you get rocks in your shoe. Um, but our grouping um, minds perceive it as more weighty, especially if you've been in the military. Especially if you've been in the military. I had a note here to march around the auditorium. So I, we don't have an auditorium. So I marched around the platform. Uh, this fellow here, referring to the backbeat, he said, it will atrophy your, ch your children's mind. Regardless of volume. Why? <clears throat> this is a, it's the very foundation of the rock beat, by the way. This, this backbeat. And I know I know there's rock folk out there. There's quote-unquote Christian rock people out there that make fun of our statement here on the backbeat. But it is a fact of life that we are used to. You know, I, I had a, a friend um, 
uh, passed away of, of cancer uh, a couple years ago, but he, um, he posted a meme on Facebook. It said, uh, friends don't let friends clap on two and four. Because <laughs> you clap on one and three, that's the right thing to do, right? If you're going to clap and keep the beat, you keep the beat the way the human mind keeps the beat on one, right? On one and three, right? Of course, I did. I, I, right. I was, I was putting emphasis on the one there a lot, but it, you're, you're, when people clap, if they're doing the right thing, if they have any sense of rhythm in their mind at all, and they've not ruined it with rock and roll music, they clap on one and three. And everybody's off. Yeah, you got Oh my goodness. It just drives you crazy, doesn't it? So we're gonna listen to a couple examples. Um actually we already listened to those examples. So um another quote here, chapter on aesthetics and sens uh sensuousness. Did I say that right? Since Sensuousness. There we go. I got to, for whatever reason, my brain's not working very well today. So it's because I went to bed at three. Did I go to bed at three? I went to bed too late. All right. Thus, there is a sensuous truth. Um, or since, is that right? Sensuous? Okay. Yeah, I should have slept more last night. Sensuous truth behind rock music, uh, which is not attached to the logic of the structural detail but rather to the sound of the on or of the surface characteristics of the music form. <clears throat> this musical form corresponds to the mode of perception and its and and uh, use in which music is not taken as a form of expression similar to the speech with prescribed structures of meaning, but as a body-oriented sensuous experience. Make sense. Make sensuous. That's what what it's what it does. Um, <clears throat> talking about rock music here. Um, how can that which communicates sensuality be used to preach the gospel, or worship a holy God, or even fit comfortably into a believer's life? Yeah. Question: How much rhythm is too much rhythm? Um, that's really not the right question. Rather, the question needs to be how much sensuality is appropriate in the music to which the believer listens. Not saying that rhythm is wrong. Saying when it takes the wrong place in the music, it's wrong. And when it takes the wrong beat in the music, it's wrong. And furthermore, how much body-oriented, sensuous experience should there be in the music which is intended for worship of a holy God? Answer should be pretty obvious. 
none shouldn't be shouldn't be any body oriented sensuous experience now again some people will say or or conclude after after hearing that that if the music makes your foot tap then it's wrong that's not necessarily the case right a march beat makes your foot tap right that's what it's supposed to do but when it makes you gyrate in a sexual motion that's not what's supposed to happen rocks characteristics here the driving beat repet uh, re repetition there you go there's an example of a backbeat in the word <laughs> didn't sound right did it repetition loud volume rock can still be rock even without high volume though um the loud volume drums and repetition of much of the contemporary rock genre bears a non-coincidental resemblance to trance music found in other parts of the world. Um, the message of a medium or what is communicated through uh, rock music here, uh, they say that rebellion, sensuality, anarchy, revolution, that's the kind of stuff communicated through rock music. And I think we're getting close to the end here. Ephesians 5.1 helps us further understand concerning the believer's music. Just be therefore followers of God. What's God like? God's holy. I know we, we already looked at this, um, this slide. I know we did, didn't we? It was the, the last, yes, at the end, right, of each chapter. So remember we talked about mimickers there. Um, it has a music application. It's not particularly a music verse, but it has music application. And it is in Psalm chapter uh, 96, or sorry, 69, verse 30. It says, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. How do we magnify God? We magnify his attributes, right? Holiness, justice, righteousness, order, purity, beauty. We talked about we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, right? And we talked about uh, not blaspheming him, remember? <clears throat> so the closing of the American mind. Uh, rock music has one appeal only, a barbaric appeal to sexual desire. Not love, not eros, but sexual desire undeveloped and untutored. And they said, we respond to the materi material, materiality, there we go. We respond to the materiality of rock's sounds. And the rock experience is essentially erotic. <clears throat> and I'm, you guys catch the name of the book up there, right? Okay. It would be absurd to argue that 1950s rock and roll is religious in the sense of being ethereal, reflective, and contemplative <clears throat> as opposed to physical, emotional, and erotic. Um, and by the way, understand that rock, that 1950s rock music was very bland compared to the sounds of today's rock. 
the performances were uh, then were mild compared to the scenes in today's rock concerts and including quote unquote Christian rock concerts. Um, jazz here says uh, his sound filled with uh, trumpet growls, unusual harmonies and uh, chords with or chords no one had ever heard before um, has given a new and for some a demeaning name, jungle music. Uh, but whatever it was called, the music was hot, exotic, and sexy. Uh, playing behind some pretty racy shows. <clears throat> and he is providing a music that supports them and the music itself becomes erotic. And so the band becomes a kind of participant with the dancers. They're just as erotic, just as seamy. Reminder, everything about early rock and roll from the sexy beat and sexy lyrics. By the way, the reason that word's being used so much is because and, and that t concept is being used so much is because that is what is barraging you when you're listening to that stuff. And you may as well just go out and say it, that that's what's going on. Those are the kind of things going on. Apparently borrowed from music videos, uh, the back to front grinding, sexual, uh, sexually explicit dance seems to have become popular. Uh, dance is erotic. That's, by the way, not all dances that way inherently. There is a, there is a non-destroyed concept, but this is what dance has become. This is what dance has become. It's become an erotic, you know, uh, you know, says, which is one reason it is so important to adolescence. Adults should remember that sexuality is part of dancing and always has been. That's the worldly concept of dancing, by the way. When David danced before the Lord, he wasn't dancing in some sexual manner. It wasn't a, it wasn't, it was more of a whirling about and leaping for joy. It had, it didn't have a, a rocking of the hips or any of those kind of things. It was a, it was a jumping, uh, you know, twirling about, you know, just, you know, kind of jumping around, you know, excited about some, about what the Lord did, right? He was, he was so excited about the, you know, it's kind of like the, the football players do when they get a touchdown, right? <laughs> they got this, you know, you know, yay, right? And then, then there's some that are, you know, yeah. Um, while society deplores the objection or the objectification of the humane in pornography, uh, it is busy colluding with it elsewhere through advertising, uh, commodity fetishism, and music. <clears throat> Lyrics whisper to the heart. Bass speaks directly to parts of the body we can't mention here. This is in a in a um, advertisement for uh, Yamaha bass. Looks like a bass guitar. As you strike the E string, an invisible shockwave traveling at Mach 1 starts spreading in every direction until finally it impacts its intended target, your helpless audience. 
Now a word about those parts of the body we couldn't mention in the headline. Oh, sorry, out of space. That's what they're doing, right? That's the, that's the advertisement. That's the push, right? And then people say, but if you put godly words to it, if you put the gospel in it, it's okay. But the Bible says, Cursed be he that doeth the work of the Lord deceitfully. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. But put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. <clears throat> A law professor uh, lecturing his class tells his future attorneys, if the facts are on your side, emphasize the facts. If the law is on your side, side, stretch the law, or stress the law, rather, not stretch. Stress the law. If neither are on your side, pound the table. The facts are obviously on your side. The law could not be clearer. In our case here, we, we see the scripture is, is pretty obvious. Uh, we don't need to pound the table about it. The facts are on our side. The scripture is obviously there. There's no need to pound the table. What's required is, and I, I hate using this term because people say this about us, that we, we don't have an open mind. But that's exactly their problem. They don't have an open mind to being open about the possibility that their activity may be sinful. So consider this thought. The character of the Lord has not changed. An abomination unto the Lord is still an abomination unto the Lord. I am the Lord, I change not. No variableness or shadow of turning and more. I know we're getting to the end of this. There's, it's got to end somewhere. <laughs> and more. <clears throat> How does what we've learned, just learned about rock and much of pop music, just play, play the video as you go and I'll have somebody go back there and hit stop. Um, <clears throat> Match with uh, Philippians 4.8. It said, finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, if there be, uh, or whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So how, how does, like what we learned about rock music, how does it fit those? As we see, it doesn't fit very well. It doesn't fit very well. As a matter of fact, it's the opposite. And these folk here sing a song called Goodbye Ordinary. They're, um, in light of the statements, is there any justification for listening to this kind of music?
of that. Um, yet, in many Christian circles, not only is this listened to, but it's becoming more and more prevalent as acceptable music for ministry. So the eight observations that we just reviewed as we went, you know, back through there um, are reflected in the sound that you just heard. And yet this group is one of the most popular Christian groups. Satan must be delighted. And now with knowledge comes more uh, a, a larger measure of responsibility. <laughs> Let's apply another verse here. Love not the world. Remember, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. These verses and many others constitute clear instruction on music if we desire to make the music application are Christians allowing their hearts and minds uh, are allowing into their hearts and minds music, which will feed the flesh or music, which will put on more of the Lord. What kind of song will you allow in your heart? The Bible says for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. By the way, that's the reason I don't play those very long because they go and they start taking effect and then they get stuck in your head. And then you're, then you've got in your, in your heart, in your mind, you've got this wicked stuff going on. You got to go wash it out. Right. Yeah. Because broad is the way. And along with Broadway comes all the sin with it, right? And we, we live in a world that, uh, that tries to ignore all of that, but the fact is you can't ignore that. You can't ignore the truth. And so lots of stuff today. I mean, this, this was just a pouring out. There's a ton of stuff. We'll get into I know Chapter 2 is really short, and so we were like, done with it chapter three was a little longer uh chapter four will go as well probably pretty long but we're going to go ahead and close in prayer if you can it's on the other screen you just take the mouse and go down and hit stop it's down on the screen down there yeah you, you can see it you'll see the the video of me so all right and then we can get our sound tech in here and start our next class an hour late i'm sorry guys Sorry. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you.